Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name's Charlie Wallace. And I'm Adam Gobeski. We have with us three guests. We have Doug Gobeski. Hello. Paul Wilcox. Good to be here. And Kevin Vredevog, no relation. Hey, thanks for having me on. And we're here to discuss the eighth entry in our sci-fi shuffle. This time, Paul picked the, I guess I'm going to call it 2021 release, because I think that's when it got a non-film festival release. The 2021 Japanese stop-motion animation film, Junkhead. Paul, why did you make us watch this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Why did you jam this down our gullets? (laughs) Like so many mash rooms. Because if it was anything else, it wouldn't feel like I was making you do this. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I half expected Charlie to say, my daughter couldn't stop crying. (laughs) (laughs) I knew better than that. (laughs) Fine, then. My wife couldn't stop crying. (laughs) That's for other reasons, I'm sure. Oh, but why? (laughs) 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 Jeez. You did warn us. (laughs) To get us back on the rails, I took us off of. uh... (laughs) Why this movie, Paul? I wish I said like that it goes back a long time uh, and that it's something very near and dear to my heart. But it's more something that that came up when I was searching for a sci-fi movie to make you guys watch. What caught my eye about it was that I believe I saw the 2013 short Junkhead 1, which is basically like the first 30 minutes of the movie. A friend of mine showed it to me sometime around like 2015, 2016. So when I saw it, I was like, wait, there's this is a full a major feature film, I decided I would screen it and watch watch it before then deciding to subject everyone else to it. So that's another aspect of it is that I <laughs> saw this and I still and I still uh, picked it. Let me scribble down Malice Aforethought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really caught my eye for a lot of different reasons. One, because I'm kind of obsessed with the setting of it and I was considering watching I there. So there's a manga series I have not read yet, but I bought because I thought the art looked cool called Blame by Tsutomu Nihei. And that's David Blaine. Uh, no, it's a it's a bl- blame. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like Manson. David Blame. <laughs> M for Mansi. <laughs> And so I watched the like a film version adaptation of that manga on Netflix. And I was like, that was all right. But it was a little, you know, not exactly what I wanted. So then I kind of searched enough. for similar things. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, and it was a little too, you know, it was a little more serious, a little more grim, dark. But I don't know, the, the visual style of Junkhead really caught my eye. Had anyone other than Paul seen this before? I had not. <laughs> I was gonna call you out. It's like, no, you, I don't believe you. <laughs> well, first time was uh, a couple days ago when I had the time available. At the end. Yeah, um, I, t- I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say. Yeah, I definitely hadn't seen it. Although seeing some of the visuals made me remember that I must have read reviews or something of this in the last couple of years because, especially those three hunter guys. I'm like, okay, I remember this from somewhere. Probably just like, you know, the one stock picture that they put in all the reviews at the top. And I vaguely remembered the idea of the plot. But beyond that, went in pretty blind. Also had not seen it. Very much not so. Really? It seems exactly the sort of thing you like after your comments I will admit, about Fantastic Planet. I don't want to get too far ahead here, but I actually loved this movie. So <laughs> oh. I decided to talk about it. <laughs> So I had not seen this movie before, and what? apparently, unlike Charlie, I had never even heard of this movie Same. until Paul suggested it for the sci-fi shuffle. So what is this movie, Paul? Not from a what-did-you-make-us-watch standpoint, but from like a, <laughs> a what's-the-background-of-this-movie standpoint. It's essentially made by mostly one person, Takahide Hori. He, I believe, did everything for the original short in 2013, you know, while working part time as an artist, like mural painter. I think he did construction of like indoor sets as well. Like, I think one video I saw, he mentioned that he, 
you know, did a construction of like a s- indoor cityscape in a theme park. Um, but, you know, was also part time working on that short. And it actually got picked up by a studio. I think it might be called Yami Ken. Whoever's in the in the title cards uh, beginning. That sounds right. Because uh, I at first thought it was going to say Yamaha. And then it turned out to be Yami Ken. Or maybe that's the name of the studio. But either way, it was picked up by a actual movie publisher. And uh, at that point, he was able to hire a few people to help. But the the final movie is still essentially, you know, written, directed, filmed, voiced some of the music by Hori. But at least in the making of film that came on the Blu-ray, it looked like Atsuko Miyake did a whole lot of the filming and production work as well. Because most of that little like mini documentary, which basically doesn't have any uh, voiceover or anything. So I'm just kind of guessing what's happening was mostly the two of them uh, doing the animation. But there were a couple other handful of people on, uh, you know, puppet design and helping with making the molds for the, you know, making the creatures and that sort of thing. One kind of interesting thing about Hori is that I guess he was just a visual artist. I think, you know, did like painting and uh, he was inspired to make a film all on his own when he saw Makoto Shinkai's 2002 short animation, The Voices of a Distant Star which was like written, directed, drawn and edited by Shinkai. And he was like, oh, so one guy could do that. I guess I'll, you know, make <laughs> uh, make a movie all of my all by myself, too. And, one uh, guy can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns out it involves a little bit of work, but <laughs> whatever, man, this is a total dude's rock moment. <laughs> What I've seen in like multiple interviews is that it looks to be that he chose stop motion because he's like, that's what I know how to do. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw something to the effect that he'd said, like, yes, I could learn computer animation and stuff, but that seems hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know how to make things out of clay and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which there were some interesting techniques, and I don't know if we'll ever maybe we will want to intersperse some of the tech uh tech talk into our general discussion but it was watching that making of if you enjoyed if if you're into that sort of thing it is kind of it was an interesting thing to watch but i don't know where it is besides the blu-ray so by that do you mean just the end credits but just like a lot of other footage like that i think it's like 42 minutes of that oh yeah my end credits were not 42 minutes long (laughs) (laughs) no but i did yeah the the end credits were pretty cool and revealing in that way i thought too do you know who his co-creator i don't know how to put this the other person that was working with him on this yeah atsuko miyake yes like are they just like friends like how did she get involved or whatever i actually don't know like because all i saw was like he hired some people but i'm like this seems like the kind of thing where you'd have to be friends with these people you know to make something like that i honestly don't know like there's a very good very verbose like official website last i checked and uh and there's a lot of interesting youtube videos and most of them are unsubtitled in japanese and i didn't yeah get uh that uh deep into my research but well i'm sure charlie will link to him in the blog i have to say i did chuckle when the credits came up and his name was just there over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> These are the listed staff on the Yami Ken site, which is like three people. And it does have some kind of English background about them. So I think they were just all people kind of involved in art and animation. All um, right. So thanks, Paul. What do you want to talk about, everyone? How should we begin the discussion of this movie? I don't know. I think we should just stop there. <laughs> I we think should just, we should just start. Good podcast, everyone. <laughs> well, I think we should just start with the stop motion <laughs> aspect of it. I don't know. I thought it was great. I and I enjoyed watching this movie. I enjoyed looking at this movie the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> Picking my words carefully <laughs> so as not to be misunderstood. He's got a reputation uphold. <laughs> high praise i love to look at yeah i'm i'm surprised to hear that 
you know, it was even a discussion to do it in something other than stop motion because I thought it was spectacular as is. I mean, there's one of my favorite elements of the movie, the humor. I mean, so much of it, I just can't imagine finding as entertaining if it was just like CGI. Something about having like those real, I don't know what you would call a figurine. It's not a puppet, but, you know, having those real characters there just, yeah, I thought it was spectacular. Yeah, like the two or three drop kicks. (laughs) (laughs) Got me every time. I loved it. (laughs) The one that immediately comes to mind for me, and this is probably just because my brain is dumb, is at the very near the end when he's explaining why they were trying to find that one. I don't remember what the species is called, but that monster thing that had the thing we believe to be a giant oh, penis and to explain like, he you know i thought i remembered what it was called and then i already forgot well, they're, they're all yeah. the same type Arrigan, of thing right like everything down there was the same species they were just really like wild genetic something somethings like was that what they were getting at, at the end there like are they all the same species yeah just... i think so yeah okay so uh and sorry i've already forgotten what people said so whatever that thing was and he's Arrigan, trying to explain arrogant so think like Madigan, Merrigan. Okay, the DNR. Yeah. The reason they were going after that was because it had what they believed was a giant penis, and to demonstrate that, he just kind of hangs his hand between his legs and waves it back and forth. <laughs> like there is no universe where I would have found that anywhere near as funny if it wasn't stop motion animated. It's just something about the animation I thought was completely hilarious. <laughs> you know, you know what I, I've actually. What's funny about that specific scene is that in the little behind-the-scenes feature, they show Takahide Hori himself motion-capping that. (laughs) 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 So they did did a lot of that. Like, you know, they showed a handful of different scenes. Not like, you know, full, full, like, ping-pong ball suit or whatever uh, motion capture, but, like, they would just overlay the film and then use that as, like, a direct reference. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Oh, so like rotoscoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved some of that humor too, because that actually made me think back to earlier in the movie where that monster, after everyone has left, is walking towards the camera. And I'm just like, oh, great. We're going to get slapped in the face with a giant penis like coming straight at us. <laughs> and it, it made me reevaluate so that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, oh, was, whew, that's not what it was. Part of me wondered about it, though, because it wasn't being pixelated. Oh, right. oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that was another one of my favorite moments where you see that thing that you think is a face and then it poops and it censors the poop but then now that we the audience know that it's like something else it censors the, the <laughs> rectum as well <laughs> like that's it's it's fourth wall breaking but it was it was just it was so funny and there's like benny hill skits in it with like everyone running in and out of different i i was very much expecting this to be like a scavenger's rain or fantastic planet like oh this is just weird and upsetting but it was it was there was so much humor throughout it that it was just the perfect mix of weird and upsetting and entertaining i feel like kevin that captures my feelings about this movie pretty well and then i was like oh this looks pretty cool this looks like a neat immersive underground world but i wasn't expecting it to be so like actually funny and some like somewhat charming lovable doofus characters and everything (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, the whole sequence where you think maybe our main character, who do we establish his actual name or do we just call him God? Is that the closest thing to a name he's been given? You know, in this one of the outside things I watched, he had a name and I forgot what it was. They may have mentioned it. It might have been the name they mentioned when he's on the surface. Like exactly the flashback. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I I do not recall it. Um, But that sequence where he's like, it's almost framed like he's about to attack that guy who's maintaining the fire, but he's actually just made him a chair for kindness reasons. I just, it's so goofy and lovable. I mean, that's the lovable doofuses I think do make the movie for sure. And I love how that guy was like causes an explosion. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't work out great, but his heart was in the right place. Really made me think of that episode of Seinfeld where George gets the security guard a chair. You guys remember this? Oh yeah. Where like he feels bad for the guard because he's like on his feet all the time, so he buys him a chair, which means that the guy falls asleep in the chair and isn't awake to stop the robbery. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think this would be a really interesting movie to rewatch too because I didn't pick up on that tone for a little while so at the beginning it was like really weird and kind of dark but Mm -hmm. that stuff 
happens pretty quickly. Like when you think about the fact that he's going down there in this capsule to try to get this genetic material or whatever, and it's like right at the beginning of this adventure that he's excited about, and then he gets blown up by a rocket like, on his way <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> And like well, we only kind of like, realize it later. It. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. We better shoot it though. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's an embarrassing admission. Um, I watched probably up until that point of the movie before realizing that they were speaking in Japanese and not some fake language. So I had not turned on subtitles. I thought this was a movie that was like there wasn't oh. any actual talking. Oh. So once I got to that point, it finally clicked like there's no way I'm supposed to glean what's happening here. I turned on English subtitles and had to start over from the beginning. But yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah. I was kinda I was kinda worried about that. I totally I I forgot about because I would have assumed like, oh, it'll just turn them on by default. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because so it is when I started when I started the rental, um a little option popped up that was like do you want to turn your subtitles on? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and I had to pause to make sure that it wasn't going to be like a weird English dub and something. It is actually, as the Blu-ray says right on the box, alien dialect. Oh, good. That, English subs. So that makes me feel less racist because <laughs> uh, I didn't misidentify a real language as a- alien muttering. Are we sure all of it was Japanese? No, it, it's all not Japanese. None of it is Japanese, which again well, makes me feel the, much the better. The human parts are Japanese. Oh, that sounds like right. when Like when he's talking to the girl about the oh, dancing or whatever. You're right. You're yeah, right. I forgot about that. Okay. So all the underground stuff, uh, with occasional exceptions for names. Like, yeah, I did pick you know, out like Alexander, Alexander here Alexander. and there. <laughs> <laughs> which is, yeah, that doesn't pop up until the end, right? When we start to care about yeah. who they are. Yeah. <laughs> it was Alexander, Julian, and Francis. Francis. Yeah, Francis. their names we get right as they're dying. Francis, Francis. <laughs> Nobody? Nobody at all? Francis, Francis, I don't get. And the boss baby. Oh. Oh. I'm, I'm due for a... <laughs> I'm way overdue <laughs> my annual Boss Baby watch. <laughs> I missed last Boss Baby day. I did too. I feel embarrassed. But I remember <laughs> Francis Francis. I think there was one spot where one of the guys is saying to grab saying grab my hand. And I'm fairly certain it was in English. Like distorted English, but in English. You know, I because like I the wouldn't, caption I, said grab my hand, and it really sounded very close to that. I, I think that is the case for a lot of lines and for Japanese, too. There are times where I'm like, oh, this kind of resembles Japanese because when I first watched this, I didn't. I watched a version that had, you know, burned in Japanese subtitles mm-hmm. with English subs laid over them. <laughs> and little bit I know about reading Japanese. There were times where I was like, that kind of resembled it, you know, in, in the uh, alien dialect. So I think you're you're on to something there. I will say it for me, it kind of started weird with the, the monster that turns into a tree that they set on fire. Mm. Like I was definitely oh, yeah. like going, okay, what is happening? I don't understand this. Am I supposed to understand? That doesn't even come back until the very near the end. Right. Those got those two guys were so blase about their job too. Well, you know, they, they're used to it. They're just yeah, they're but grunts. Like at the beginning when, when I didn't understand what they were doing, I thought they were just some sort of sociopathic jerks when the movie ended i definitely got the feeling that well because this movie maybe because this movie had been worked on so long that there was like we have to end it hey we're not at the end yet okay we can come back we can come back that's the tree made me think of that but we can come back to that i also have feelings about that yeah and i might i might have some answers so what did we think of the the doctor character that brains junkers i guess we'll call him the main character back to quote-unquote life like what did we think about that first segment i mean it's a very sinister archetype like i was kind of expecting him to be uh at least somewhat evil so i was getting like uh reverse frankenstein vibes reverse frankenstein well since the the humans made the monsters and now the monster was gonna make the human oh Oh. Hmm. monsters quote-unquote but they didn't really run with that like i thought they might so yeah it was pleasantly surprising just trying to help out their god (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think 
that scene, like as we get towards the end of that scene is where I started to figure out the tone of the movie and was a little bit more on board with it. Once like the brain thing wheels across the floor and they like, you know, the <laughs> yeah. three uh, hunters, you know, are like chasing after him. Yeah. <laughs> when the little, when the little wheeled guy is uh, using a chasing them with a power tool and then uh, accidentally pulls it too far yeah. and it gets unplugged and stops <laughs> moving. <laughs> that was great. I mean, I think that's probably pretty intentional, though, that I don't think we're supposed to come into that scene expecting good things to happen to junkers. And so it's kind of a relief by the end of it. You're like, oh, OK, well, they're going to show them the ropes. So. It, it feels pretty sinister. And then it was like, oh, OK, this is this is actually the good doctor. <laughs> but that's something that the movie kind of keeps doing. Where, like, you start thinking it's going to be one thing, and then it sort of, like, pulls the rug out from under you, and it turns into a different thing for a while instead. And then you, like, start to settle, and it's like, okay, now it's this kind of movie, and then it pulls it out from you again. Like, where you think, like, oh, he's going to learn to do what, like, the the hunters and the doctor do, and then, nope, he gets attacked by a monster and falls down a hundred stories or whatever. Now we're into a completely different part of the movie. Kind of a tangential to that point. After the second time his head fell down the chasm, I thought the movie was just going to keep repeating that. So it was just going to be like a Russian nesting <laughs> doll of heads going ever further down. I wasn't disappointed that it didn't happen, but I uh, thought that would have been fun. Well, I think the first head going down the uh, chasm, I think that's the end. Uh, that's at about the 30 minute mark, which I believe is the end of the short. Hmm. So it, it's like somewhere around then, like, the head gets picked up and that was kind of like the short film. But even like before that, like he gets like the brain damage or whatever. And suddenly he's like terrified of them all. And broke when the monster like attempts to eat him or something, the worm, is that what it was? Oh yeah. yeah. A scary <laughs> worm. God is dead. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, yeah, it's like suddenly, Oh no, he got his memory back and now he's terrified and running and okay. So we shifted. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's constantly kind of keeping you as an audience member. It's not like it's not really letting you get comfortable, which is kind of nice. Keeps you engaged. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is like the born identity now or something. This is going to be the whole movie. You know, <laughs> like he's like, OK, his training. He's going to start, you know, just doing all kinds of action kicks. But then all of a sudden he's walking around with a new, much <laughs> worse body <laughs> maybe but not I do that like, much worse i do like the action sequence where he goes it like slows down and he gets into like the fighting stance and he goes and attacks the one hunter and it's just like punching <laughs> him in the gut and like nothing's happening yeah <laughs> how about creature design i guess almost everything in this movie is a creature of some sort but i'm talking mostly about the violent animalistic ones the monster designs were suitably horrifying, I think. <laughs> yeah. I did, for a while before the movie kind of explained what was going on, wondered why humans had made creatures that looked like this <laughs> and acted like this. <laughs> wondering what purpose that served. <laughs> My thought on it was, uh, so I've not actually played any of the Souls games but I did. Uh, I do recall someone commenting that most of the Souls games have a level where, like, you just sort of get to this underworld part where the denizens have been left to their own devices for a very long time, and you're just like, "What the f- have you guys been doing down here?" And it, it, the movie made me. It reminded me of that. You know, as uh, having played. What Demon Souls and Dark Souls One? I feel like those are my favorite areas of of those games. Whenever you get to the, uh, I wish I could. I can't remember what the what kind of the famous one in Dark Souls One is. Oh, Blight Town. Oh yeah. Perhaps. Or or the Valley of Defilement. Yes, Valley Souls. of Defilement. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, it's very alien, like the movie esque. And like, but it's just very fleshy still too. It was very creepy to me. <laughs> fleshy is a perfect word for most yep. of the creatures down there. <laughs> well, apparently they keep shaving of all of them down there. I, know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That the that can and they're furry, or at least those ones are like the. <laughs> Which is funny because I think it's the first reference to hair actually existing in this universe <laughs> on anyone or anything. <laughs> 
I couldn't decide if the little like orphan person was supposed. If that was supposed oh yeah, to be there or yeah. Deformity. I oh, I assumed it was like her like half tree, just like the tree guy at the very beginning. Like she was on the same path, or at least of the same type as a uh, tree person. Oh, maybe that's where the movie's going. <laughs> the trilogy that I hear the trilogy, yeah. correct? Yes. So you you read that too? That that it's part of a trilogy? Yeah, intended to be at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read this. <laughs> Might be. This, <laughs> They were hoping to have the sequel done next year or something like that. 2025 yeah. is what I read. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. That's the target for Junk wait. World, which is a prequel set a thousand years before. I wait, it's know. a prequel? <laughs> yeah. that's. Well, now I'm mad again. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get your conclusion until the next movie. <laughs> this sounds like Pirates of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Where you start with the last movie and then work backwards. <laughs> but this answers my big question, which I, I had to text Paul at the end of the movie and say, like, all right, I have to be sure. Like, is this where the movie ends? Do I get a weird <laughs> version of the movie? When I when I went to the high seas, did I? <laughs> <laughs> I think my phrasing was, it very much ends on the vibe of, <laughs> and we will see them in further adventures. Or not. whereas the text that i sent paul after i watched it was paul comma what the did i just watch (laughs) (laughs) and he responded with why a sci-fi classic of course fun for the whole family (laughs) as after which after which adam said have you seen it (laughs) (laughs) i just needed to know whether there was going to be more movies they're intended on more movies or they just like either ran out of money or time and they were just like i guess this is where we're ending it like monty python on the holy grail right (laughs) (laughs) it's at that point even just a shot of the three guys just like walking across a bridge and a fade to black as opposed to a sudden cut to the credits might have gone a long way to make (laughs) it feel like the end of a movie yeah well i mostly for me it was the explanation of the tree of life and I paused and looked at how much time was left. I was like, we're not getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a train that's specific, explicitly been mentioned that they got to get on. <laughs> the monster to get past. So how do we feel about the Junkers incarnation of our hero? If hero is the right word. Our protagonist. protagonist. Like, I thought it was interesting how suddenly he couldn't talk. I love interesting choice. I loved the little like sign language things he was trying to do. Like when he was trying to explain that... Uh, you know, he was on that hunt and everyone else got killed and he was showing like, oh, I'm big. And then like, ah, there was something scary. And then like a big thing. Just again, I, I absolutely loved the animation on this. And yeah, the the choice to make him nonverbal for whatever half an hour plus of the movie was <laughs> fantastic. Leaves room for, you know, the other cast in like the you know power plant area to shine. Sure. <laughs> the matriarchs. Yeah. <laughs> The very muscular women. (laughs) (laughs) It did a good job of just letting us kind of live there for a while without the plot moving too far forward. But it was also good how essentially it was just like two separate amnesia plots. And yet I didn't really (laughs) get annoyed by it. (laughs) So they did a pretty good job there. (laughs) Any other movie, right? If they did that, you'd be like, this. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one thing that I saw in this NHK uh, piece was so that set, which is like probably the the biggest scale set in the movie, like a lot of the power plant. Yeah, the the power plant. It uh, has a lot of detail. I think it they said it took him like six months to build. But in this interview, he said it was really easy because he had built a whole like indoor cityscape for a theme park. And so he was like, this was just a tiny version of that. So it was super easy. I thought that was kind of hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was cool. The scale of it, too, because you have no idea when you're watching like how big or small what they're making is. And it's actually pretty big relative to human size. Yeah. Which, you know, makes sense since they had had to have a lot of close shots like in that area. And it looks good and like detailed at that close up scale. Yeah, just randomly. The one other thing that I thought about as I watched this movie, well, one of the things I thought about was the episode of Parks and Recreation where Ben Wyatt is making a stop motion movie and he spent <laughs> like a month on it and he gets six <laughs> seconds of footage. 
I, I believe that Hori said that when he first started editing stop motion, he was like, I didn't know how awful it would be looking at, you know, arranging still pictures for, you know, hours on end. And he said it was so boring that he slept for three days. <laughs> I, I think I read that this movie was made up of something like like a quarter of a million shots, something along those lines. I, I, I don't know what the math of that works out to for yeah. an hour and a half movie, but yeah, that's wild. I, I think a lot of the animation or at least, you know, the moving like motion shots, I think were 24 frames per second animated. So they actually would, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'll, I'll break down the math someday. You got Charlie to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but do it live. live. No, Charlie, we need you to use a how calculator. Many, how many twenty fourths <laughs> of a second are in? All yeah, right. How many seconds was it? Times twenty four. This is not a question we can answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sixty seconds times uh, what was it? A hundred minutes. So six thousand seconds. That's not right. No, nope. <laughs> no. Six thousand shots. Super easy. <laughs> Divide that got, by twenty-four. I can, well, I could do that. It took like a weekend. <laughs> I got a hundred and forty-four thousand. Good lord. Because you gotta multiply by twenty-four shots per second times sixty seconds per minute times one hundred minutes per film. And I'm sure some of that, you know, because there were some of those like hand shots and you know establishing shots where you can actually probably film a couple seconds without having to do stop motion yeah like the walking there were like these little you know like little walking animation mm-hmm. rolly machines where they kind of like a wind up toy or something oh gotcha and then there's the sequence with the uh what would you call that guy the the fraud grifter guy yeah the grifter yeah. Mm. uh well i mean i guess ultimately that introduces our hero to the the character in the red coat and her large brother because <laughs> otherwise it's it's a very long sequence but oh i guess that they also jokers also ends up meeting the person who's tending to the fire too yeah for like 400 years <laughs> oh the uh the errand he was on the uh the mush mushrooms were those growing out of human backs i was trying to understand because there were the torsos and then there were all the things kind of plugged into the walls was that the implication there that it was like growing up kind of yeah yeah, there were like tumors almost good good (laughs) (laughs) that's a real standout same page just the professionalism you know like yeah. oh, okay wait here <laughs> it was the fact that they kind of like twitched every time something got ripped <laughs> out of them that really did it for me that felt unnecessary but <laughs> he really like took his care the before kevin <laughs> and he's wandering around with a bucket full of dicks i'm <laughs> like I, this whole movie very, everywhere uh, <laughs> yeah can't say I thought that, but all right. <laughs> really? Wait, really? It was just like, oh, uh, they're weird tumor tuber things. In a more literal plot sense, they are that, yes. <laughs> there, there was more, so like, much um, than anything else. There was so much fixation on the gigantic dick on that one monster that the subtlety of the shape of these particular things also did not really click with me. Yeah. Yeah, there weren't close zoom ins into <laughs> the same way. <laughs> oh, it was so prolonged. And if if they looked any if they looked like a little bit more phallic, then Junkers would have like gone back into you know like fight mode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that grifter gets his uh, his comeuppance. Yes, he loses his whole torso <laughs> <laughs> because he's after stealing all of the torso fruit <laughs> from the friendly <laughs> robot. <laughs> Think about the irony. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of happy when he got eaten. Yeah. Yeah. He was, was the he? worst. He was the true villain of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what did he call, like, the three old three women? evil ogres? I was, no, 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 no. And the, it was it was the actual name of those three 
pudgy guys in the black suits. They referenced it later. That was one of my favorite yeah. things when they called back that there there actually were three whatever hunters they were that uh, three ogres from hell or something. Something oh, like hell that. Ogres. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Ogres, yeah. And then yeah, that it's like oh, so this is like a legend around these parts, and then it's actually those guys. <laughs> It was interesting to me how, like, at the start of that movie, like, you see those three and you're like, oh, okay, these guys are just kind of bumblers, whatever, fine. And then when they come back, you're like, yay, it's them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, my three favorite guys. <laughs> are they going to notice who this is? And I like how they start, like, the camera, like, shows, like, the body and then it pans to junkers. And then, like, one of them just, like, pushes him aside to look at the body. <laughs> It's like, oh, is he going to recognize that this is... No, he's not. Because why would he? But I still thought it was funny. <laughs> and then we get the big action sequence towards the end, too, where they get yes. they, uh, inject their stim packs <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was great. Hot needles that make them hot. Yes. <laughs> I will say by that point, like I had developed enough affection for them that I was genuinely distressed when they two of them did not make it. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's tough. Even their last exchange, I absolutely loved. Where they were talking, like, "Do you think we're going to get to go to heaven?" Well, sure, we just saved God. Just their their yeah. insistence <laughs> that that guy was God. I I loved. Agreed. I also think it's very intentionally humorous that they're given names right as they're dying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you didn't think they had names, did you? Well, they do. <laughs> Now here's their blood seeping under this it, gigantic it rock. Names. <laughs> it, it made me a little sadder when they died because it kind of, I mean, they were borderline comic relief up until that point. And it, it humanized, I guess, though they aren't human, obviously. It, it made me connect to them a little better. So if, if that was the objective they were going out with, with, with trying to suddenly at the very last second give them names... Um, worked on me at least, but like that frick, that large like kaiju like Merrigan, it's like the frickin' Terminator won't stay down. Like how many times do they think they've killed him? I at was just three. trying to count. The there's the first time, then they stab it into the wall, and then I think our protagonist finally finishes him off. Yeah, it comes off the wall spikes. Oh, but well, it's that's still like the, it's still unconscious on the ground. The the ceiling falls and crushes are i don't remember julian and alexander let's say and then as no, alexander saved or uh, julian, and francis. julian and francis pardon me yeah. julian and francis get crushed and then as we're all mourning them the monster comes one final time i think yeah because alexander had been knocked out yep and so he couldn't save him and junkers was pinned to the rebar or whatever up above so he couldn't do anything yeah I loved when he used that pole. Like, I assumed he was going to drop down on hit. I did not expect him to cut himself in half in order to do so. And then the movie just sort of ends. <laughs> Stops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely did have that feeling of like, that's it? I wanted more. Right. And it doesn't really feel like they have a long way to go till the end either. It's like, oh, you hop on the train and then you'll be there. I mean, obviously there could be a lot more and maybe there will be. No, nope, it's just... Five more minutes. Hop on the train. <laughs> it's, it could take quite a few years to make those five minutes. <laughs> it is probably my biggest complaint about the movie. Because I mean, I I won't say I hate it, but I, I am not a fan of it when a movie... Like, when you've decided you're going to make a trilogy from the beginning. Like, if you're going to do that, I guess I get it if the story's big enough. But I feel like each movie in that trilogy has to kind of have its own conclusion. Like, the, uh, you know, Star Wars A New Hope still feels like a decent, self-contained movie. Even if the plan was to have two movies to follow it. Like, this... It or is even like prob- the Lord of the Rings. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it is. This has the most abrupt ending of any movie I can think of off the top of my head. Like, I, I can't think of anything that ends more suddenly. Uh, um, I can think of one offhand, but it might be a spoiler for the March. Oh. I think I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, for Doug's sake, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this about uh, Spider-Man animated second? Was it the, the first half of their sequel? No, uh, yeah. Spider-Man animated second, I think is the name. <laughs> correct. <laughs> well, they should have called it Spider-Man animated second point one. 
<laughs> now, now this is sounding like a very anime title. Yeah, this is turning into <laughs> is this a Kingdom Hearts game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 358 <laughs> Spider-Man's over two. <laughs> and Pirates yeah, of the Caribbean I, I can't help but, also just stops. You know, like I I can't help but wonder if uh the trilogy thing was like was like, okay, we gotta end this. Alright, I guess it'll be a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The studio's gonna cut off our funding at this date, you know. <laughs> we go until we run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah definitely putting fifty fifty odds on you telling me that was the story. <laughs> like that's very what, much what it felt like. It very well could be like that, but there's just not really any uh, information. But yeah, I think it is a testament to the quality of the film that it made me care about characters that I initially was pretty indifferent to. Yeah, and were they going for like a pope names with their names? Well, that's a thought. Possible go with the god theme. <laughs> Francis definitely. Julian is a pope. Alexander, though, uh, not a not a common pope name, at least. Pope Alexander the sixth. Like there comes are up six I... of them. Uh, mm, there you go. Yeah, it's way more than we got. Francis's Franci. So were there? Was there some kind? <laughs> Sorry, I just plowed right through that. <laughs> was there like a deeper meaning to any of that? Because it it felt at times like maybe there could or should have been but i never it almost just seemed like they were doing it just for fun like again i think i referenced this earlier our protagonist gets eaten by the worm and all they all scream god is dead and then they the worm spits him back out and they all shout he is risen like it just seems like it's more played (laughs) for laughs than actually having some sort of like metaphor under the surface unless anyone else picked up on something that i missed I did not. I just kind of took it as like a more more theming or flavor or sure, something sure. to riff off of than anything else. Perfect. Yeah, my sense, at least in general, is that Christianity in Japan isn't uh, nearly as big a deal as in like the Western world. So I think there's a bit more freedom to just kind of riff on it like that than you might get here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I really picked up on any messaging from the movie. I mean beyond like here's this interesting world i want to create and show to you which in and of itself is fine right that's a great reason to have a movie but i if there is some deeper message to it i kind of expected it to be like the tree of life and like they're going to get there and discover something but we didn't get there oh yeah (laughs) it does feel like there's some sort of plot twist coming it's just the sort of vibe that you give off when your movie abruptly ends just after part one of a mystery has been kind of expanded on uh corrections to the podcast it looks like to date there are eight pope alexanders pope alexander the eighth died in 1691 you know not to just read the wikipedia and maybe you guys have seen this part too but thinking about that theming apparently one uh a description by the Japanese Film Festival 2021 in Australia guessed that the film was a the humorous appropriation of a classic Nietzschean idea, God is dead and we killed him. However, the reviewer of the Fantasia Film Festival 2021 opined that Hori could have focused on the narrative themes of the film, the nature of humanity and mortality, but he did not do so. And the protagonist, who was called God by the underground residents, is preoccupied with being chased by the monsters and engaging in comedic interactions with different <laughs> humanoid groups. <laughs> it's like, I've never seen someone crit- sell a movie by criticizing it. <laughs> so I can't really explain this, but it felt very much to me like a japanese movie and In like i said sense. i can't i'm not, i'm not quite sure i can articulate it it's sort of the the sensibility tonally probably what would be closest for me at least would be big man japan but probably none of you have seen that huh or alternatively world sinks except japan i've seen the rug cop that's I mean, that's a, a good, that's an uh, excellent movie, but that's a guy, that's a cop who throws his toupee at criminals to stop them. <laughs> it's better than it sounds. <laughs> oh, it's great. I do have one other thing to add, which is I appreciated the color palette used. 
you see blue at the beginning when he looks up at the blue sky, essentially saying goodbye to it. And you basically don't see blue again in the rest of the movie, like almost completely devoid of the color blue. If it's anywhere, it's just like maybe the little LED light eyes. So it was actually kind of quite remarkable that uh, like just in terms of the color palette and the visual language, you could still with ease tell exactly what was going on on the screen. Like you, you never felt like you were struggling to make sense of what the, the picture was, despite the limited palette. Very well lit underground as well. Yeah, keep that yeah. power running. <laughs> I, mean, I was very impressed at how, you know, the infrastructure really looks old, but like it's still going. Yeah, it's, like it's it's dank, but it's not dank dank. <laughs> I mean, it's it was good enough, apparently, to go on, you know, uh, a gourmet tour. <laughs> wherever did they go i hope i hope we find out someday <laughs> you, you gotta appreciate a movie that has the confidence to just have the viewer clearly ask these questions and receive absolutely nothing in terms of answers where where did the spandex buff ladies go <laughs> But it also helps, like, it's nice to have details that don't get explained because it stops things from being like a puzzle box almost. Like, it actually helps yeah. fill in the world. So, Paul, now that yeah. you've rewatched the movie, um, has your opinion of it changed at all? You know, not not vastly. Mostly just on the rewatch. I mean, I think I like it even more. Like, I think it was definitely worth rewatching to catch, you know, some little things or just kind of take in the sights and sets. But I think the main difference is like we kind of talked about going in kind of knowing the tone, overall tone of the movie. It has a very different feel from the very beginning when you know that. So that's about it. I, I, I think I liked it pretty, pretty much equally after the second watch. Will you continue to recommend slash force others to watch it? Yes. Yes, I will. How about others? Doug, what were your overall thoughts on the movie? Is that a watch? A don't watch? It was just completely out of left field for me and surprisingly entertaining. Somehow they made a world, a post post apocalyptic world full of monsters kind of feel cozy. (laughs) So the anti fantastic planet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah, it was great. Like I think I'm going to struggle finding opportunities to recommend this to people. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I'm not going to keep my eyes open for those opportunities. What about you, Kevin? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Way funnier than I was expecting it to be. I loved the animation style. I thought it was an interesting world it created. I would recommend it to others as long as I gave them a heads up that it is very much a part one of two, three, whatever he ends up making. And, you know, going in with that expectation, I think is important because I just I hate when I get to the end of a movie that I like and suddenly it's over. Like, and, and like I said earlier, I, I do feel like at least of the movies I've watched semi recently, this it almost pulls the rug out from under you how quickly it comes to a sudden end. So, uh, you know, if he makes the next two movies, like once everything's out there and assuming it upholds the same quality unreserved like you guys have got to watch this movie kind of recommendations to anyone i could think of who might enjoy it but for now i i loved it but i really did not care for how it just suddenly ended how about you charlie yeah i think this would be a really interesting movie to rewatch too because the first you know 15 minutes or so i felt like a completely different tone and once i realized how comedic it was especially Again, talking with all of you, just I think going into it with that expectation, I might have enjoyed it a little bit more. I mean, just it's, yeah, it's you weird. Start like the, the podcast being very careful to say you didn't <laughs> like it. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> at no point was I sorry that I was watching it or at the end was I sorry that I had watched it. I think it's a super interesting movie. And I don't know. I might watch it again sometime and I bet I would enjoy it more the second time around the monsters the monsters were scary a lot of penises everywhere it was kind of <laughs> off-putting 
Uh, how about you, Adam? When I first finished it, A, like Kevin, I was also mad that it just stopped. And also, I definitely felt kind of weirded out and disturbed by just the monsters and stuff. But, like, like I could appreciate, like, the artistic achievement, the fact that this was basically one guy. Like, I was like, I'm very impressed by that. But the more I thought about it, the more I kind of, like, liked it as I mulled over it. Like, to the point where I actually already have recommended it to some people at work. Where I was like, if you like a, a really cool stop-motion animated movie that's pretty weird... I think you'd like this. And they're like, well, I do like weird movies. So I'm interested to see what, if anything, comes next. Would recommend. Uh, probably not fun for the whole family like Paul claims. <laughs> Unless it's the Adams family. But if it sounds like a movie you're interested in, it's definitely worth checking out. If it sounds like a movie you're kind of interested in, I would also check it out. If you're like at the end of this, you're like, that does not sound like my kind of thing. Then, Tony, you don't have to watch it. <laughs> I, I remember finding that text pretty funny <laughs> like i was like this doesn't really seem like tony's kind of movie <laughs> all right did you guys watch the junk world teaser trailer thing oh oh sure i hadn't oh i mean there's there's really not much there but uh i mean it's at least like proof that it seems that you know it's getting worked on so did I read correctly? Even though that 2025 he's... seems kind of uh, ambitious to me. But, uh, Is he crowdfunding this? Like, I, I thought I read be. that. Okay. There might be some crowdfunding aspect there, yeah. Probably because the scope is going to blow up and, you know. Sure. <laughs> and the, the studio will be like, we liked the leanness of your first operation. <laughs> where you already had like a half hour of it done. <laughs> I don't speak Japanese, but it kind of looks like this is crowdfunding this yeah like i think it's an ad (laughs) so thanks paul for introducing us to the world of junkhead and now we're going to uh turn to kevin who i think we accidentally skipped last time somehow i'm not sure i think you do but i wasn't really paying attention so i didn't want to be like oh actually i think it's my movie so well it's your movie now sir okay so spin that wheel there's there's a little bit of choose your own adventure going on here because originally the movie Wait, I wanted so we to get to pick the, well I'll let, we I've got I've got a couple of questions that will lead us to the path to one of five movies. Oh wow. Uh, originally game. originally I was going to pick Young Frankenstein, but on searching for it there is literally no way to stream it. So you'd either have to buy it like physical media or downloaded illegally which is illegal so you know we don't do that sort of stuff that is genuinely surprising i i i think at&t direct tv like they've got some sort of streaming app but for today how do people feel about musicals uh generally unfavorable okay that's one i don't know i don't think we could veto it based on that (laughs) i mean mean, i'm asking general consensus if if one person is the only one who doesn't like them I was going to say, we can avoid the musicals. Okay, that leads us down the cheesy... how much dancing. Well, I mean, the, the problem There's is a lot of dancing in both of them. I'm pro. <laughs> I don't understand. I've seen, you know, I'm, I've seen a lot of old movies, and many of them are just terrible. So when you say musicals, what? my average is just trash. I, I think the two that I have here are both very good movies. My other path is cheesy sci-fi movies because it feels like most of the sci-fi movies we've done with the possible exception of demolition man were pretty good for like (laughs) (laughs) not to bash demolition man it knew it was it was a fun action movie but not like (laughs) cheesy sci-fi in the way i mean it um okay so then would y'all one of them was the apple what's the other one what of the musicals? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, my two musical. So if you'd said yes to musicals, the follow-up question was how sexy, and then if you said very sexy, it was going to be the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and not very sexy was going to be Little Shop of Horrors. That was the stretch because it's an <laughs> alien that teleports there. That kind of implies some sort of sci-fi ness, but like I said, more of a stretch. Um, I feel like if I'm I may to give you that. Then, uh, well, hmm. If I may. Uh, provide an unsolicited opinion i would love it um rocky horror picture show is great but i i've never seen it just 
by myself, you know, just like at, at home, I can't imagine that it's a very good experience compared to, you know, going to the theater and having it performed as the movie is, you know, played. Watching Certainly not by yourself. Speaking like, as like, who do has I have done to buy both. Some, like, do I have to buy a corset to watch it myself or what? You know, I think that's entirely up to you, though. As noted, <laughs> depends we... on whether you have one already. Or not. <laughs> Purchase. No, if there's just one available, another yes. excuse to buy another corset. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, but as noted, we're, we'll set the musicals aside. So we got the cheesy sci-fi movies. Do we want fifties cheesy or eighties cheesy? Um, my instinct is to say fifties cheesy, just because in the shuffle we haven't covered any fifties movies. Sure. Whereas we have covered at least scanners in the eighties here, and then if you count like if you go further afield and include like cinematic respect and stuff, like we've done one fifties movie. Yeah. And like four 80s movies. But that is a single point from that is a single data point. Take as you will. Sure. Anyone else have strong feelings? If it helps, the follow up question, if you went down the 80s path, is should it feature Raul, Julia or not? Um, I have a very strong lack of opinion one way or the other on decades. Okay. Then I guess for the sake of doing something That's the very... kind of party I can get <laughs> <laughs> in the spirit of doing something very different than anything else we've done, we will be doing the 1959 classic Teenagers from Outer Space. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Huh. It's now. Now is that something you can actually? free it's so free it's like <laughs> you can find it everywhere for free i i, I vetted these before suggesting them okay. and they pay you to watch is so free it's i think it's called freebie or something yeah it's, yeah yeah there will be commercials and i apologize in advance that i've selected this movie but it's very much available okay i think i have it on good times video <laughs> <laughs> Ranks number 9364 on Just Watch's streaming chart. <laughs> Got Slightly it. below Encanto. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brutal. People who like this movie also like Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, it is yeah. very much of the same ilk as uh, that, which again, I think we have not really explored in the shuffle. No, just I yet. think. I think it's very worthwhile to watch a, a garbage movie. I'm excited. Fantastic. All right. So thanks, Paul, for once again discussing Junkhead. And thanks to uh, our other guests, Kevin and Doug, for agreeing to come along on this science fiction adventure. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for watching the movie. <laughs> you know what, Paul? Thanks for recommending this movie. Anytime. Anytime you want this movie, recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> Paul, recommend Junkhead to me. You know, I, I think that you would probably like the movie Junkhead. Oh. Have, you, have you heard of it? It kind of sounded like Junkhead. When oh, yeah, I is, it. is that an Archie spinoff? <laughs> yeah, is that like, did they like finally make a Riverdale movie? that riverdale in space you know riverdale is like one step away from becoming (laughs) 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 for another edition of the gobeski wallace report my name is charlie wallace i'm adam gobeski and we can insert that somewhere (laughs) we hope slightly earlier nah saying bye A lot of thought for one syllable. <laughs> it's like st- st- stop motion of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>our show thanks for listening we hope you check us out don't forget you can visit our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com also we're on facebook and twitter so make sure to look for us there for extra entertaining bits you will be entertained possibly wait so you're definitely entertained but only possibly entertained well i don't want to get sued for false advertising did text me about this incredible movie he was watching that no one had heard of anyone here of dagger of kamui no i have not nope. nope paul no
All yeah. right. Well, <laughs> anyway, Doug <laughs> at seven twelve p.m. my time on Saturday. Man, don't you hate it when you come home from fishing to find your family has been murdered by ninja only to have a village elder appear in the doorway and accuse you of the terrible deed? Doesn't that just grind your gears? And then, Doug, at 7.50 p.m., you're not going to believe me, but it happened again. (laughs) 